0: Welcome again to An Abundant Future with Matt Powers. I'm your host, Matt Powers. This podcast is a place where we discuss, talk, and explore regenerative solutions that can be worked into our lives now. Things that are actually happening, new ideas even things that are coming down the pipe. We're talking about it here, so thank you so much for joining us and trying to live more regeneratively. This week, we have Justin Bithel of Abundant Designs, and he creates amazing, no nails, no screws, beehives, top bar hives, specifically. My son, my five-year-old son, put together one of these hives and I have it on video. So you're going to check this out. You're going to see what I'm talking about. It's awesome. So before we dive in, I want to talk about a few things. This week, um, we're leading up to regenerative entrepreneurs and educators, alignment and best practices with me. I'm going to be hosting this course. I'm really facilitating this course. I'm teaching, doing a lot of teaching, but what's going on is we're doing things ourselves that are gonna help us reflect on what we want, what our business is, what our business can be, what our mission statements are, what our business plan is, and what we actually wanna do. Like, how do we we wanna be regenerative. We want all these things to work together. We need to align things. And so I learned a lot about alignment as a teacher. You know, teachers, they gotta make sure those tests align with those assignments they give you, and the readings and the classroom project. All of it, it's got to line up. Otherwise, the learning um, products, uh, what they actually are learning, doesn't help them when it comes to test time. And that can be really brutal, right? If the teacher's not aligning things properly. And some of us might know what that feels like (laughs) because not all teachers are good at that. So, what I do is I show what I learned in my master's program as an educator how it's relevant to teaching online. I talk about marketing all the years that I spent as a musician. I was the bass player, but I was also the person handling all the social media marketing and branding and you know making yourself stand out in the crowd. I mean talk about you know white noise I mean, try to get into a band now and and, and show you know any kind of traffic so many bands out there so much music out there it's really hard to reach people so I spent a lot of time working on this with people and then writing I was you know I was an English major all about writing I tapped out the writing programs at NYU when I was there and curriculum design and I was a teacher that had to create everything from scratch we had laptops instead of textbooks we had the internet instead of pacing guides And so at my school, instead of having the strict control, we had this wide open field. And a lot of teachers just reached out and required tons of help. And bless my administrators, they were coaches. They're really good coaches. And I learned to just improvise, to adapt, to explore, to create new content constantly for my students. And now my students, you know, they're all over the world. They're from all walks of life, they're all ages. And I teach families, I teach crowds, um, and I have a lot to share from all that experience. Teaching all ages, I, you know, I used to sub K through 12. I didn't shy away from kindergarten, didn't shy away from special ed. Someone's got to help those kids. Someone's got to go serve, you know. So all these different kinds of things, my, my experience working with online classrooms for years in a actual setting, a professional setting, you know, all these things come to bear. And I show people how they can take their regenerative hopes and dreams and passions and turn it into a real business that will run online and make them money and support their dreams, support their business, allow them to get that free hand. And, you know, I personally have been doing that for two years straight now. And actually, I think it might be more than. It's almost three years now. Um, It's two and a half, two and a half years. And what happened with me was I launched myself with a Kickstarter. And then I created passive incomes. And I created this, this network of collaboration. And, you know, we explored all those other forms of capital, right? I have all these other people that I'm working with that I'm helping them. And they're helping me in all these other different ways, I'm actually doing a lot of coaching and consulting in the permaculture teacher world right now and business world right now. In all sorts of walks of life, I'm helping a lot of people who are already amazing. They just don't have time to go get a master's degree in education or, you know, they're so smart though that you give them these things and they just go and run with it and do something amazing with it. I can't wait to see what some of these people are going to do. Because um, some of the ideas that we're talking about are absolutely so critical, so critical. Um, And, you know, you've heard some of these ideas. (laughs) You've heard parts of some of these conversations, actually, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. Because most of these podcast conversations are snippets. They're snippets of longer conversations I'm having with my guests. And uh, they're sharing, I'm sharing, and we're getting deep and that's why these conversations are often so valuable and unique because they're part of a longer conversation where we're really getting to know each other and why we are who we are and uh, then we're you know opening up and focusing on things and getting, getting ourselves aligned. We're getting to know each other so we can work in our rhythms and patterns. And I think it pays off. I love this podcast. It is a joy to share all this information with you. Um, it is a joy to teach so many people uh, relevant information. It's not just stuff that kids oh am I going to use this when I get older? Man, I I was a sub, so I had to be every teacher. I had to be every class, you know. I, I dealt with that everywhere. And then I became an English teacher. And then I had the flip I did everything because I was used to doing that. And everyone's like, hey, you can't teach science. And I'm like, it's reading and writing. It's just modern science. It's a, a Wired Magazine article. You know what I mean? Anyway, I love teaching. I love how it connects everything together. I love seeing the holistic picture. And that's really what you know. sophomore year of high school is for English teachers and students. It's about getting that holistic picture in there so they know where they are, where they're heading. Um, and I'm just doing that now with everyone. And it's it's an absolute joy. It's incredible. Uh, and one of those people you know that I got to meet in this in this journey was Justin. Justin Bithel, my guest today. He's been working on this special hive that is better than any other hive that he finds on the market. And my five-year-old son put it together in less than 10 minutes without any directions. So it's really incredible, really cool. Um making you know lowering uh the bar so that people can get access to bees, um, they can get confidence in beekeeping earlier, sooner, faster, um and 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 cheaper. You know, he's he's doing higher quality at lower price, and that's it, that's what he believes in. And I salute him. So let's dive in and, and hear more about this. Here we go. So speaking of entrepreneurship, you have Abundant Gardens uh, is your business. When did you start this business? The website just just got yeah, it came up um, you know a couple couple weeks ago, so
1: it's just brand brand new. Uh, and basically, what happened was a friend of mine wanted to to go into beekeeping, and um, you know I was I was doing this permaculture thing, but you know I wasn't really into beekeeping. You know just you know you know, kind of scared me if anything. And, um, you know, but, but she wanted to in, in her backyard. And so she found this Williams Sonoma hive, uh, top bar hive off of the internet that was like $650 or something like that. And it was just really, really poorly made. Um, and, you know, you know, it was, it was junk. It was junk. It was, you know, it was just stuff that they, that they got from, you know, from China and a big old warehouse. And then, you know, and, you know, for probably, you know, 50 bucks or something like that. And, you know, and they're selling it for six fifty, you know, and, you know, just pocketing, pocketing the difference when, when it comes in, you know? And, um, you know, and so it's just like, you know, what do what do you think, you know, cause you knew I, 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 um, Uh, you know, I do woodworking. And and I just said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. There's, you know, there's got to be a better way. And so so I I started looking online at, you know, different, different hives and, you know, different ways to build a hive and and stuff like that. And I ended up coming across this open source um, beehive system. And, you know, and you know, the downside to it is that the design, um, well, it was like, it was like 75% done, <laughs> it, it, you know, the, the other, it, it, it wouldn't work the way that they have it open source, but you know, if you, if you can figure out how to fix the other 25%, you more or less have a good hive, but it only works on a CNC router, which happen to have a a really good CNC router Um, so I start playing with it and I play with it and I play with it and and every single time um, there just turns out to be something wrong with it and something wrong with it and uh, and and, you know and, and anyway you know way too much time and way too much money later we ended up with this design that just fits perfectly you know, every, every little piece, you know, you know, you, your son was five when, when, he put it together, you know, just, you know, every, every little piece just fits together like a puzzle. It just fits like a glove. And, um, you know, and it's made from, um, uh, from, from just this really, really, really good quality plywood that doesn't have any of the nasty stuff in it. You know, none of the formaldehyde, none of the, you know, uh, you, know uh, you know, nothing that that you know that that is typically associated with you know with, with plywood. It's a plywood that's meant to last in um, you know marine conditions. You know, it's it's used for ships, that kind of thing. Um, it's really expensive stuff, but but it you know but it works and it works outdoors, which is you know where a bi- beehive more than likely is going to be. Um, <laughs> you know, and exposed to the elements. You know,
0: that's awesome. I didn't realize it was um, uh, marine wood. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's uh, you know, I mean, you'd want to shellac it or something like that for for a boat. But I mean, that's um, you know, that it, it's a, it's an exterior grade Baltic birch that, that is um, made made for that purpose. And then um, and then I I pay a little bit more to have it where the veneer. On the outside, um, you know, if you look at your hive, you know, um, typically plywood, if they have a veneer at all, is um, is almost paper thin, and and so like if you needed to sand it or anything like that, you know, forget about it. Yeah, you, know, you might as well just throw it away. Uh, but but this veneer is stain grade, which means there's no knots in it, there's no anything that that would make it look bad. And it's about an eighth of an inch thick, so so I mean, you could sand that thing several times over, and and it still would look just as good as the day uh, you, you bought it, as long mm-hmm. as you you know don't go too too deep with it, Yeah. You know?
0: Well, I really appreciated the design you put on it. Are you going to be putting on uh, your own design on yours, like that uh, the abundant uh, garden with the bee on it, with a bee heart?
1: Uh, y- yeah. Yeah, uh, you yeah, uh, know that, that's another. Uh, How that, did you do that, it,
0: that? That was so creative. The ability to just was that also the the uh, the machine?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's um that, that's a, a really fine tipped bit diamond diamond uh, tip dip, uh, bit that that just barely goes in there. Wow. And, yeah, and now, now see you have to keep in mind when you're when you're engraving. But, you know, when you're talking about a super fine tip, um, you know, think about a circle, okay? So if it's one inch, um, you know, if if you're talking about a one inch circle, the circumference is, you you multiply by pi, right? You know, pi, pi D, you know, so if it's a one inch circle, you know, it's, you know, the circumference is 3.14, right? If you're talking about a super fine tip, the, the diameter is zero. Multiplied by pi, right? It's, it's so so you can be spinning that thing as, as fast as you can as fast as you want. It's not it's not going anywhere. Um. So so you have to have a really 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 um, sharp, expensive bit to be able to do that. You know. But but anyway, that that is a service. Um. That you know that we did for for you and for for Michael Jordan as well. Um, you know and, and uh, anybody else that, that wants it you know it just costs a little bit more but uh, you know where we will we'll engrave any type of logo or anything like that you know so it's, so it's unique to, to to them you
0: know yeah yeah I'm so excited to get some black powder and put it in there oh yeah bam make it explode <laughs> and then stain it up <laughs> you, gotta, you
1: gotta do a YouTube video on that
0: yeah you know? yeah because that
1: That'll be a cool little, little thing. You, you just um, you know, you, you know you, you know you just get a real fine brush, you know, kind of like um, uh, you know like a makeup brush or something, you know, and you just you just pour in the, the black powder and you just you just uh, you know, kind think, think of it kind of like um, like in the old 50s, you know, when they when they would um, fingerprint with black powder.
0: Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sort of.
1: Okay, well, you know, like, um, like the Andy Griffith show or something like that, you know, you know, you know, now they have all sorts of techniques, you know, for, for CSI or whatever, but yeah, but, um, you know, they, they would just dip it in black powder, and they would, you know, just brush with a real fine uh, brush, you know, and, and, and it would stick to the to the fingerprints. You know what I'm
0: talking about? Okay. Okay. Vaguely, vaguely. <laughs> all right. Well, I
1: guess the analogy is not working. I apologize. Um, anyway, if you, if you just brush in the the black powder into those groups is my point. And, you know, you just let it settle and just brush off, you know, everything else and just hit it with a match. That that thing, will, you know, it'll just kind of around all of the different, different parts and then bang. And then, and then every every little groove will be black, while while the rest is, um, you know, has has you know just a regular wood stain to it.
0: Wow. All right. Well, that'll be fun. I, you know, yeah. It's gonna be cool because we're probably gonna be vacationing, uh, maybe looking at areas that are, are wetter than we are currently. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, lighting things on fire life. won't be a huge be. scary thing.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, you know what, I mean, it, you, know, you know, the amount of black powder, you know, you're talking about, it's not It's going to be a thing.
0: Oh, um, I know, you, I know, you, I'm just joking.
1: Yeah, but no, I, I, I hear you. I mean, we're, what, we get 12 inches of rain last year and people are freaking out? Like, like you know, it's flood conditions or something? I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> I know, it's crazy. It's like they're upset when there's not water. Water arrives, they're upset. They can't handle anything.
1: Well, you know, because because they haven't designed into it.
0: That's exactly
1: correct. You know, I mean, you know, it it is a big deal to them because because every you know, they want the rain, but then every inch of rain is just an inch of rain that runs off and takes takes what little bit of soil they had, you know, down the drain anyway. They They haven't designed anything for it. So yeah. Justin,
0: what's your plan for your business? Are you gonna just make hives? You've got nukes and you've got full size top bar hives that are super yeah. easy to, to assemble. I'll have a link to my son assembling it. Um, in oh, no time cool. flat. But um, so what's what, what's the uh, the vision? Where where is your business headed? What's your uh, what is your mission statement? Well, um, uh, yeah,
1: I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the, the nuke, I'm gonna have regular and then I'm gonna have a combo pack. And then, and then from there, I want to see how, you know, how, how uh, people are um, responding to it, you know, and, and, you know, I'd like to create a whole, you know, beekeeping um, type, type of, uh, you know, you know, uh, like edu- education center, if you will, you know, because I mean, when you think about beekeeping so here, you know, go, going back to, um, you know, to, to building resilience in there. Everything that we're doing wrong, everything that people talk about with climate change, or you know, or or whatever, can all be solved with good beekeeping practices. And so, if we had just a handful of you know uh, of people in every neighborhood beekeeping, and you know, and giving you know, and, and giving or selling uh, their honey and their beeswax, you know, or making salves or whatever from from the from the beeswax, and give it to their neighbors, and then just going, Hey, you know what, um, you know, it's really important to my bees that that you don't spray roundup, is there any way you can just, you know, just knock that weed off? And, you know, let let, let the root do its thing, and, you know, just, just don't don't spray roundup on it, please. Um, you know, um, you know, I mean, every, every single thing that we do, can be solved with good beekeeping practices i mean what you know what are the biggest problems you know nitrogen runoff into the oceans right you know well you know what do you what do you need to do for for your bees you need you need a bunch of clover everywhere clover is a nitrogen fixer you know all of a sudden you don't need as much, you don't need any fertilizer you know um you know roundup you know, you, you know kill, it kills the bees, it actually uh, distorts their, their ability to um, to GPS navigate back to the, um, well, not GPS, but you, know, you get my point, um, you know, back to the hive, you know, so, so, you know, that's why they call it colony collapse disorder, where it's like, you know, where, where did all the bees go, they just, you know, they, didn't, they couldn't figure out how to get back to the hive, you know, well, you know, if you have, if you have a bee, a beehive, and you're looking to make honey from it. That dandelion flower is an asset. All of a sudden, you're not spraying it with Roundup. You're letting it. You're letting it bloom. You know what I mean?
0: No, I know exactly uh, what you mean.
1: And and so I mean, you know, you know. So it's going back to that whole, uh, you know, we got to build up, build up our, our 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 numbers thing. You know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized beekeeping is that solution it's it's you know because everything that you need to do as a good beekeeper is what we need to do as a society anyway you know we we need to stop spraying pesticides on everything well guess what if you're spraying pesticides on everything and you're a beekeeper you're killing your bees you know uh you know it you know we've got to stop spraying roundup everywhere well you know why would you spray roundup on you know on on the flowers that your bees are are feeding from doesn't make any sense you know we got to stop you know putting all these chemical fertilizers all over the place and letting them run into the sewers and then running them straight into the ocean you know well planting planting clover everywhere takes care of that you know i mean you know we've got to we've got to be building up our our soils to make it you know making them more carbon rich well you know, daikon radishes are probably the best way to do that. And guess guess what? The bees love it too. You know, um, and so I mean, every every single thing that you know that that you can look at and go, this is this is how this is what we need. You know, not just you, not just me, not just everybody that's listening to this podcast, but every single person. You know, needs to be doing their part. Every single thing. Is is exactly the same things that you need for for good beekeeping practices. So if we can just get people, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of people. It just needs to be like a couple people in every neighborhood, that you know that, that just sit here and go, hey, you know what? Here, you know, here's way better honey than anything you could ever buy in the store. I just have one favor to ask you. Can you stop
0: spraying around it? Pretty sweet deal. Yeah, and,
1: you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the easiest decision you, you could ever make as a neighbor. It's like, you know, I, I get this free honey that costs me $15 a pound, you know, anywhere else. And, and all I have to do is just stop spraying roundup, you know, on, on my front front yard once a month, you know, like that, that's no big deal. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and then, and then maybe the next time just throw and go, Hey, you know what, I have this pack of clover seeds. Would you mind just scattering it in your grass? So that my bees have just a little bit more honey. Yeah. You know, and and that way I can give you a little bit more. You know, and I mean every single thing. You know, I mean it affects everything for the better. You know, and then. You know, and you know, and, and you know, it, you know planting. Um, you know planting trees as well. You know, I mean, what you know, your your hive is going to be pollinating. Those very those very trees, you know, and then those trees, those flowers, are are going to be producing, uh, you know, the nectar from those flowers are going to be producing the honey. You know, I mean, it, you know, it all it all works together. And then you, know, you could it, be you
0: know, making your kombucha with honey, so it's that June scoby kombucha.
1: You know what? I have not had good luck with that. It always turns alcoholic for me.
0: Ha! Have you
1: have you have you had good luck with that?
0: I I I, know, I make. I know that. Uh, I mean, I've seen like a three-inch, like deep scoby at Golden Coast Mead. Frank goldbeck has uh-huh. been working on it, and I I I mean, he doesn't. I don't know if he sells it. It's his own project, I think, because he and I talk about it all the time. But um, but but yeah. People are making mead um, like crazy too with the with their honey, and that's really great because you have all these people who are drinking just Roundup grain, you know, juice, which is beer, right? Because uh, all right. all the grains are desiccated, they're they're uh, dried down with Roundup, and so this is a way that you know we could create you know medicinal alcohol that could be used for those herbal medicines that our our kids are having. But it's like, where is that alcohol coming from that they're distilling these herbs from? You know what I mean? Even if it's organic, a lot of these things are being sprayed. So we don't even know what is actually happening. But with our bees, if we know that our local town has already banned all those those things, they don't sell at the local stores, your bees have a three mile radius, your town's 10 miles wide, you know your bees are safe and you know your your alcohol, your honey, your beeswax, all of them are medicinal grade all of a sudden because you've removed those toxins that we know are present in the samples we've tested and, and, and all those those products from the mainstream, even from organic.
1: I actually, I bought, not that long ago, supposedly raw, organic, you know, honey, you know, from, from a store. And I, I literally, I couldn't get it to ferment anything at all. And see, now that's another thing, by the way, you know, it, you know, see, you see, I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's the beauty of, of beekeeping is there's so many different things. I mean, how many people even know that you can ferment things with honey? Right. I mean, we, we've lost that knowledge for the most part. The average person does not know that because the honey they buy could sit there for a million years and it's never going to ferment anything. <laughs> you know, because I mean, that thing, you know, I mean, what is it? Like 70% of, of store honeys, even organic, don't even have pollen in them? Right. You hear that? You know, I mean, there's only one reason why you would, you know, I mean, you know how. how Kind of a filter you have to get to be able to filter out the the pollen in, from the honey. You know, there's only one reason why you would go through that, and that's because you know you you want to disguise. If, if somebody takes that off the shelf and they put it through scientific testing, and you're claiming it's from you know you know the um, Napa area or something like that, and they test it and there's zero grape pollen. <laughs> you know they know you're lying.
0: I also think it's because of that. Remember that podcast that that guy did with uh, Diego Footer on Permaculture Voices, where he talks about how they're not allowing the bees to actually go outside. They're actually creating this situation where they're doing G- they're doing GMO high fructose corn syrup suspended like from the ceiling, and it's like just dribbling off this this thing that the bees oh, I, are I feeding on. And the bees are like, sugar, yeah. ah, and their mechanism to deal with, like, honey that's left out or exposed or sugar that's left out is to quickly convert it back into, uh, to restart it. And so they're like, oh, no, sugars. And so they're literally, like, taking it and turning it into honey in a fast um, uh yeah, just like a fast, quick mechanism that doesn't transform it really, and so that's why we yeah. have all this fake honey with no pollen, perhaps.
1: Yeah, well, it's 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 worthless. That I mean, that's worthless. I mean, that yes,
0: yeah. doesn't do mean, anything for anyone.
1: No, no, because I mean, pollen pollen has a lot of protein, you know, uh, as well. I mean, you know, the, I mean, whatever they you know, those bees are having. I mean, they, they've got to be sick. And and I mean, there's nothing at that point. with the bee, uh, you know, if the beehive is that sick, there's nothing that's gonna, you know, the, the the honey's not gonna be worth anything, you know. Too true. You know, I mean, but but I mean, you know, and and that's that's another thing, you know, is is it, you know, you know, um, lavender, for instance, you know, lavender has a lot of effects. Uh, you know, that, that the pollen has a lot of effects on the bees, you know? And so, the, you know, that's, that's another thing. If you, if you're, if you're taking care of you know, even just one beehive, even just one, you know, um, you know, you are producing, you know, not, I mean, you're, you're producing wax, you're producing honey. And as long as you're keeping that bee health, those, those bees healthy, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, that hive's going to grow eventually, you're going to need to split it, you know, a split hive's worth like 500 bucks, you know, um, you know, so, I mean, the, the, there's a whole income source of potential there for, for people, um, you, you know, as well, but, but they need to make sure that the bees are, are, are happy and healthy. And, you know, so then they start planting lavender and then they start planting clover and, you know, and then, You know, and, and, you know, and it just, it just, I don't know. I'm hoping, I mean, we'll we'll see, but I'm hoping it's, it's just, you know, it's it's like a gateway drug to permaculture in in a way, you know, where it's, you know, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, it's literally limitless, you know, like you said, you you know, like you brought up June, you know, I mean, you know, now kombucha is kind of becoming popular, but, but I mean, very few people know about, about June. You know, very few people know about honey fermentation, or um, you know, or, or how to how to be able to harvest the, the yeast. You know, and, and I I do do that, by the way. I, I do honey. Um, I I do fermented honey, but I I but it always ends up alcoholic. So I
0: the honey I it, itself, I, or do you mean like the honey water? What do you mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, when when you know, like um like let's say you take you know let's say you have like you know it, well it doesn't really matter. Regardless of how um, crystallized or how thick the honey is, when you ferment and you know and it has the live probiotics in there, uh, mostly yeast. Um, you know, if you ferment, it doesn't matter what you ferment—garlic or turmeric or or ginger or uh, I, the last one I did was cranberries. Actually, it was delicious. Um, and um, you know, you know, but but you you ferment those. In, in the honey it'll get really really loose um, and it, you know and and um, and it'll bubble up and everything but but that yeast at least in my experience um, tends to produce a lot of alcohol as well so so I'll take that uh, and, and you don't, and it's robust too I mean like you only need a little bit um, but but I'll take like um, jars of apple juice and i'll just put just a little bit of that cranberry honey in there and it and it'll make like like this sire like you cannot believe um i mean like it's really really good um but it you know but i mean you know i mean there's so much that you can do with with honey with beekeeping i mean you know i mean it, it, it really is it's like it's like the gateway to permaculture, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, you know. So wait, and, you're
0: saying that you could take that uh, honey, that, that fermenting honey uh, fruit juice and then you would inoculate other fruit juice with it to ferment that faster?
1: Well, the, the honey itself, you know, you know, you know, from your hive, you know, so I mean, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it has a ton of, uh, of probiotics in it already. And so you can, you can just chop up like cranberries or whatever, and put it in there, and put it in a mason jar and just, you know, and then every like day or two, just, just like crack it open just a little bit. Um, and just, just, you know, you're just letting out the, the carbon dioxide. So it doesn't like bubble up on you. Um, and you know, you do that every, every, every couple days for like a month. And then, and then that. The um, the combination of like those cranberries or whatever it doesn't really matter what it is apples or whatever um, you know the the yeast will ferment that extra thing because as uh, in the honey in it, in its form in, in its current form it's too too concentrated sugar so so the yeast is there but it can't be um, really. <clears throat> Really robust until there's some until there's a water source that, okay. that allows it to to really get in and get up there. But then you add like apples or something like that in there, and then the water from that apples combined with the sugar from that apples, the yeast just goes crazy. And uh, you know, and, and so I mean, you can be harvesting those those probiotics for yourself. Uh, but but like I said, it, it it tends to be a little bit more on the alcoholic side, so.
0: Um, okay, well, duly not. noted, be warned. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well I mean it's great though. It's great though it's, it is um, you know I mean because I mean you can just add that to um, you know to, to like a bottle of, of, of organic you know preservative free apple juice. just you know just uh, seal it you know with you know with, you mean it, you, know, uh, you can actually actually I've done this a whole bunch is uh, you just put a balloon on the top of it. Um, and and it will just take that yeast that's now going crazy because it's you know because it's been fermenting with the apples or the cranberries or you know whatever. Anyway, you put that uh, you put just a little bit in it uh, in the, the jar of apple juice. You seal it with the balloon over the top, and it, you know and it'll just you know the yeast will just keep on reproducing and just eat up all the all the all the sugar. And, you know, and it just makes like this super healthy you know you know you know I, I, somewhat in between a kombucha and a cider because Interesting. You, know, you got the, the alcohol producing yeast, but you also have the non alcohol producing yeast as well. so you know because you're just wow, from uh, you know
0: collecting it. so that's you know, fascinating. Set. Wow, that's really good to know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, it, it, well, whatever, you're, you're Mormon, so I, I assume you don't uh, drink alcohol, but, um.
0: Most but of the stuff you know. everyone should know, you can grab early. I mean, the thing is, alcohol takes a while to create, so if you grab these things early, then they're what we call a probiotic drink. But if you let it go too long and it eats up all the sugars and releases all the alcohol, then there's nothing left. It's no longer sweet. It's dry. It's usually alcoholic to a small degree. But then when you cap it and then you make that, like, mount, that's really when things get uh, more alcoholic. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's all about grabbing it early in development.
1: Oh, so maybe maybe that's why, yeah, because I I always... um... I always let it go for a little bit, and then I and then um, you know, and then I do a secondary fermentation. So secondary
0: fermentation is the issue. If you have it before <laughs> that, um, yeah, then then it's not. Uh, it really isn't. Um, and and we've tested it. I mean, we've done it uh, ourselves. We did pumpkin. We would take because uh, I mean, you guys have seen the photos online. I get more pumpkin oh. when I grow squash. It comes out of my ears. So we, we we did. I did literally just sprinkled a little bit of yeast on um, a thing, and I stir it every day, and it um, you know it just starts getting bubbly, and and then it's it's like bubbly pumpkin juice, and it's like probiotic. And then what happens if you don't seal it is it starts turning into vinegar, and so you start losing that alcoholic thing really fast if you don't have a cap. Which really, for me, gave me this insight that before we were really able to cap our alcohols, um, what we called alcohol really was this thing that was on the spectrum, a very short, short road to becoming vinegar. And so we really had a lot of probiotic drinks that we were calling alcohol that weren't really full-on alcohol.
1: Huh. Huh. I never really
0: thought about it that way. Well, when you're Mormon, you think about these things all the time. You know, because everybody's got a drink in their hand, and you're like, history, history, our bodies. What's going on here? And you're reading history, and you're like, but they're drinking, and their children are drinking. This is bizarre. And it's like, everyone modern day is like, man, their children were all alcoholics. <laughs> and it's like, it's, and I'm like, this can't be right. And I'm like, young wine, no. young wine, wait a second, what's young wine? And I'm like, wait a second. Young wine was before it was the secondary ferment. Yeah, you
1: know, it's, it's basically kombucha
0: then. It's like a, right. it's like a fruit juice kombucha. Right. Or less. And you know what? I met a guy at some conference. Uh, I forget and which that, one. That
1: makes a lot of sense. He was that, serving that fruit juice
0: ferments and they were fizzy fruit juice things. And I was like, how much alcohol is in this? And he was like, nah, kids can have it. It's just like any other probiotic. And I was like, wait a second. And and I, like, interviewed him, because, you know... what I'm
1: drinking right now, by the way, is cranberry juice uh, that's been with a scoby in it, by the
0: way. Right, right. And so, once again, this is, like, us (sighs) taking principles, and you're already doing it yourself, by, like, crossing the June um, alcohol, mead, kombucha line, and there's even this (sighs) thing called Boochcraft, where they push kombucha a little bit further into a secondary ferment. Um, And so getting people to understand all this stuff, the complexity involved is really important because we come from histories, long histories in some cases, of just simplifying people, things, concept, science and natural processes and demonizing them when it's like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I know there's a huge difference between smoking pot and then using it as a medicine and all these people who are like, you know, using it as a salve, using it as oils for their children, using it, right. to, you know what I mean, to treat melanoma on their skin. There's all that, like, that's one thing. And then there's like smoking and everyone's like, they're just one thing. And I'm like, no, right. actually, they're different.
1: Very, very, very different. Couldn't, couldn't be more different if you tried. You know?
0: Right. And it's like that with everything including alcohol you know what I mean and so there's there's so much complexity well, out now, you, there.
1: now you got my brain going because because I've never really thought about it the, the way you're talking about it before not, you know so now now I got all sorts
0: of ideas yeah <laughs> well you can you can blame Frank Goldbeck of Golden Coast meat also also for that because he's he's got he's had me thinking about all this stuff for a while because uh, yeah okay.
1: Oh um, well, that that was another thing. Is there there are medicinal bees, by the way. I mean, oh, like
0: I know there are. You know there is.
1: Um, there's a type of. I mean, you can't you can't get this bee. Uh, you know, in, in the United States, you know, good, you, they'll never let it come in. But uh, but there's a bee that's in the like, the Himalayas that um, that produces a, um, a honey that you can make. You can actually get that honey and make meat from it, um, and and uh, supposedly, you know, there's all sorts of health benefits, and, and it actually has like a, uh, like a hallucinogenic effect as well. Um, you know, believe it or not.
0: Wow, it's, uh, okay. I mean, <clears throat> I, I know that, I knew that like pygmies in the Congo would like get intoxicated from like wild Congo bee honey, what?
1: but I've never heard that.
0: Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, I don't think they would get. It would be psychedelic. I think I thought it was just so euphoric because it was such a high sugar content. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, no, 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 this this simulian, uh... Oh, it's mad honey. I've heard of this okay yeah so there's a little bit of uh of a a, a toxin in it from uh it's called uh, grayna, uh grayano toxin present in the nectar collected in white rhododendrons and i'm quoting from wikipedia so um you can okay. blame them if i'm wrong
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it sounds right to me i don't i don't really
0: know well that is fascinating man all right so <laughs> so i love your message that everything can be solved with us adopting our role as stewards with bees and being beekeepers uh, in our local uh communities and i love i love the fact that you've taken it upon yourself to start your business to um to focus on creating an educational center uh i really hope that 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 comes uh to fruition and that we see more bees and pollinators in general Um, given more sanctuaries in our communities because we need to start now. I mean, I don't know if you know, but uh, there's finally been conversations about how uh, there are no insects compared to where there were 10 years ago. There are, uh, the kelp forests in the past two years have died back 95%. We're seeing like dramatic things happen right now and no one's really, I mean, people are like, look, a new season of this is on. And it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> the boat is listing, there's yeah. a hole in the boat, you know, so so we're in, a, we're in a moment where we really need to get this going. So I really appreciate how easy you're making it for people to get started with bees. Um, I'm proud to be one of your affiliates. And uh, oh, we're going to have oh, a oh, link oh, here. Tell
1: people about the coupon code, by the way
0: oh yeah yeah go for it we'll, we'll have a link um link right here in the uh, in the podcast on the description so you can click and go and check out abundant gardens and check out these amazing hives
1: yeah. and and use uh the coupon code Mat for a 10 percent discount by
0: the way and how do you spell that p-e-r-m-i-e-m-a-t-t excellent all, all awesome. one word All right, and I'll include that in the description. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, If you don't have bees, if you're scared of bees, understand that we really need bees and there are so many ways that we can avoid having um, negative run-ins. We can have them away from the house, we can have them in a community, and especially we can have them on tops of roofs. There's so many creative options and you can tune in. Uh, We're gonna be talking about bees all throughout the year. Um, hopefully, we'll hear more from Justin, uh, and we'll, we'll and we'll we'll see as you expand your, your products and your educational materials. Yeah,
1: appreciate. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate
0: it. Awesome. Thanks, Justin.
1: All right.
0: Thank you. That was fun. Justin's a really good guy, and it's kind of an entrepreneurial call to arms. This week, we're focusing on sign-ups for the Regenerative Entrepreneurs and Educators course that I'm running. If you go to the permaculturestudent.com, you can sign up there. It's under courses, and it's really not to be missed. It's going to be this collaborative event. It's really been incredible. I've had some amazing people on it already, and I'm getting amazing reviews back from the people who have taken it. So. Do, do me a favor and go check it out. I think you're going to feel like you could be part of it, too. And guys, never forget, I always do scholarships. I always take payment plans. I completely understand how things are. So if you feel drawn to any of my courses, just write me. Contact me. Matt at thepermaculturestudent.com. And you know what? Speaking of my website, if you haven't purchased the Permaculture Student 2, you've got to this book is there's no other permaculture book like it people are starting to say it's the best permaculture book you can buy you gotta check it out if anything you should know that there is advanced permaculture you should know that um, there's large landscape restoration you should know that there is so much coming down the pipe in permaculture that is going to change the world as we know it and you can be part of it and there are clear pathways to follow so That's what Permaculture Student 2 is all about. It's there to guide you to the next level of regeneration, to take permaculture from the PDC into the world, into every aspect of our lives. So join us with that, thepermaculturestudent.com. Go check it out and support our work if you can. And you know what? If you're just seed saving, if you're just growing a garden, you're supporting my work because you're supporting the work. The work of regenerating our planet. Because that's what it's all about. That's what I'm here. That's why you're here listening. We're in it together. Let's do it. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Live regeneratively.